So, Exodus 3, 1 through 10. The title of the message is called Moses' Interaction with God. Uh, the Bible says Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, saying, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me and have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So I was at a conference. Um, uh, I went to one meeting. I didn't go to the whole conference, but I think uh, LaVon Chandler was preaching here at, uh, at uh, the Civic Center for uh, Brenda and B.L. George. And uh, so while I was there, she said something. And I had taught on uh, how the Lord speaks to us before, but she used this passage to kind of give a good uh, basis for how oftentimes the Lord can speak to us as his children. And so that's kind of what I want to give uh, today. I want to, uh, in this text that we're looking at, we're given insight into the call of God to Moses to step into his destiny. And why, why, what is important for this study today is not what Moses was called to do, but how God interacted with Moses in the process of unfolding his call to him. So first thing you're going to find is that God appears, all right? In Exodus 3, 1 through 2, again, it says Moses was keeping the flock and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. And how did he appear to him? In a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. By the way, when it talks about the angel of the Lord, many times it's not talking about a, a, an angel even of itself, but it's a term to signify the Lord manifesting himself to his people. So the word in our text translated appears is from the Hebrew word ra'ah, which means to see to come into sight or view or to reveal. The Greek word, because they translated the Hebrew into Greek, and the Greeks chose to use a certain word to translate this. The Greek word is the word horao, which means to become visible. So putting it together, we see that God appeared to or became visible to Moses, and the way God chose to do it was through a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. So for our purposes, we're going to say that God appeared to Moses in a prophetic interaction or a prophetic revelation. Now we're going to use this prophetic interaction to illuminate the way that God often speaks to us as his people today. In Matthew 4 and 4, uh, Jesus, when talking to the uh, enemy and actually refuting his temptations, said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. A proceeding word is not necessarily the same as a preceding word. 
this is a preceding word. This is stuff that God has spoken to us in the past, but the Holy Spirit can breathe on a word that was spoken in the past and it become a now word to us. And so uh, uh, what I'm trying to get you to realize is that God still speaks today. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now, how many of y'all where at least uh, just one person interact with me, you would say, I'm a child of God, I've been born again. All right, so unless you're a sheep in wolf's clothing, you are a true sheep. And here's the thing about the sheep. My sheep, Bible says, hear my voice. Now the context for that is in the Old Testament, they didn't used to have fences like we do today and keep their sheep apart. Oftentimes when they went to the water source, all the sheep of, a, of several flocks would gather together, and whenever they wanted to separate their sheep, they didn't go out and just, you know, start separating them like this. The shepherd would just call out, and the sheep knew their shepherd's voice, and you could have three or four flocks all mingled together, and three or four shepherds calling out, and the sheep would separate themselves because they knew their shepherd's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The word hear is in the context of hearing and continuing to hear. So it's not like God spoke to us once and that is it. God continues to speak to us and we are always in the context of continuing to hear God. What that reveals to us again is that God is still speaking today. And the question for many of us is not whether God speaks because that's kind of uh, as a church we, we believe that. But how does God speak? Can you tell me how does God speak to you? How do you know it's God? How do you know when God is trying to tell me something? Well, that's kind of the focus of what we're going to get into today. Proverbs 25 and 2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. You might say to yourself, I'm not a king. Well, in the New Testament, you are a royal priesthood. You've been adopted into the family of Christ. You are a king's kid. And what this tells us is that God likes to conceal things. He likes to hide things. But he didn't like to hide things to keep it from us. He likes to hide things to make it a joy to find those things that, we, that he has hidden. Now, how many of y'all know that on Easter, uh, many churches will have an Easter egg hunt? We had an Easter egg hunt. And, you know, what we, we do is we take these eggs, and we don't use the real eggs anymore. We use the plastic eggs, and then we hide them. And then the joy for a child is to go and look for those eggs. Now, how many of you know if God wanted to hide something from you, you would never find it? You'd have to set ground rules. Okay, God, no fair hiding it on the sun. No fair hiding it in another galaxy. You know, I want to be able to at least find it. So we don't do that with our children either. We don't hide things in a place where they could never find it. We hide things in a place where it's a little bit of a challenge, depending on their age, to be able to find it, but it's a joy when they do find it. I mean, if you just put it out there on the table and they see it there, they're like, come on, that wasn't even, that, that wasn't even a challenge. So you've got to hide it in a certain place where they're going to have to look a little bit, but you can't hide it so deep that they can't find it. Well, God is kind of like that. He likes to conceal a matter, but not to keep it from us, but so that we can search it out. That's what he does. E Ezekiel 17 and 2 says, Son of man, pose a riddle 
and speak a parable to the house of Israel. Now, how many of you know uh, um, that a riddle is meant to be solved? If you will ponder a riddle, I like to play uh, Sudoku. Anybody like to play Sudoku? I'm the only one. All right. Maybe I need some deliverance from Sudoku. <laughs> but basically, it's a puzzle. And, and the, 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 the joy is figuring out the puzzle, figuring out the riddle, if, you, if, if you'll forgive the, the, uh, um, the, the uh, correlation there. Uh, figuring out for me is a joy. In fact, one of the things I've been doing these last couple of days is it's been a long time since I've been in school, uh, but for some reason, uh, these math problems started uh, popping up on my YouTube feed, and, you know, the more you watch it, the more they pop up. You know, figure out the area of a circle in this triangle. You know, I love that because bottom line, praise the Lord, I see that hand. So what I like about that is that uh, you, you're, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a mystery, but it's not a mystery that's unsolvable. It's something that if you'll set your mind on it, you can kind of figure it out. And I like that. I like to figure things out. Well, God doesn't speak to us in riddles to keep things from us. He speaks sometimes in riddles so that we can ask him about these things. And as we ask him about these things, he begins to unfold them to us. In Matthew 13, 10 through 11, the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you, not them, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So Jesus speaks in riddles or parables, but for those who are close to him, to those who are willing to interact with him, and how many of you know this is a product of relationship, then he reveals the nature of the riddles or the parables he is speaking. I think Doug had mentioned this. We have not because we ask ask not. Ask and you will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And the context of that is ask and keep on asking. And James it says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given to him, but let him ask in faith. Right? So uh, as a pastor of a church, uh, oftentimes we will have uh, uh, many different problems that come up. In fact, Jerry came close to me and I ran because I didn't want to have another problem. <laughs> I was just messing with Jerry. Uh, but, you know, it's, there's always problems that come up. And so what do I do? How am I going to figure this out? We've got to be able to find an answer to this. And what I found is that if you're not in a hurry, because if you're in a hurry, you don't always take the time to wait for the answer. But sometimes, you know, we, we as people... We don't really want an answer. We just want to voice the problem. We just want to talk about it. We, just want, we feel better by t- telling people, and, you know, we'll tell this person, and then we'll tell this person, and then we'll tell this person, and then we'll tell this of our problem, never really wanting a solution, just wanting to talk about the problem. But, you know, if you ask God and you're willing to wait, I can't tell you how often I've asked the Lord and I haven't been in a hurry and I've been walking and all of a sudden the answer will come to me, but it didn't come always right away. Sometimes it does, but sometimes it doesn't. But if you're willing to wait, God always will answer the prayers of his people if you will take the time to wait on him to begin to speak. Right? Have you ever had somebody come and talk to you and they ask you a question, but before you get a chance to respond, they start telling you what their answer is and what they think you should do? And then have you ever had somebody? That's sometimes what we do with the Lord. But God's not in a hurry. And if you want to hear from God, you're going to have to wait on him. Right? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
Where do we get our strength? From the Word of God, from the voice of God. Well, anyway, Jesus speaks in riddles or parables, but for those who are close to him, those who are willing to interact with him, uh, then he reveals the nature of the riddles or parables uh, that he is speaking. In John 15 and 15, he says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. Remember, my sheep hear my voice. There are many ways to receive prophetic revelation today, and this is what we'll focus on next. Second thing we want to look at in our text, first of all, the Lord appeared. Second thing we want to see is Moses sees. In Exodus 3 and 2, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. So the means, uh, uh, um, the, the word see here means to perceive with attention or to direct one's gaze towards. Moses sees this bush burning. He sees this revelation while he was going about his normal course of life. The reason I decided to preach this this morning is because Duke was talking about, he said, there I am going along and I see this rainbow. I've never seen a rainbow cross the road. So what does he do? He stops. And when he begins to stop, and this is where we're going, when he begins to stop to consider the rainbow after a process of time, God begins to speak to him through what he had shown him. And that's what was happening with Moses. Moses is going about his daily business. He sees a bush burning but not being consumed. And he could have gone around doing what he was doing and never extracted the message God wanted to speak to him. But because Moses was willing to stop, he saw what was happening while he was going about the normal course of life. Uh, and when he saw it, he was going to take time to pursue it, to, to, to look at it, okay? And so, in other words, Moses, as he was going around through life, wasn't in an extended time of prayer. But he was going about his day tending to his business. And it was while he was going about his day that God chose to speak through Mo- to Moses through this burning bush, Similarly, it's through the course of our daily affairs that often God will often choose to speak with us. It may not be as conspicuous as it is with Moses, but it can be just as interesting. Now, in what ways can God speak to us throughout the day or throughout the night? Now, I'm going to take a message that I preached on before, and the context of this is healing. But when I studied this and when I preached on this, it gave me a bigger picture of how God can speak to his people, okay? So remember, the context is healing, but don't limit it to healing. There's just different ways that God can speak, and I want to give you an idea of how God speaks. But first of all, let me tell you something, that God is good. And he's not, gonna, he's not going to, he's not, he can convict, but he won't condemn. Do you know the difference? You did something wrong, you need to, you know, we need to deal with this is conviction. You're no good is condemnation. Some of you are going, I don't see the difference, right? Well, it depends on where you grow up. You know, if you're doing something wrong, God's desire is that we make it right. And it's for our benefit. It's to help us as a people. But God always sees us through eyes or lens of a child that he created, right? So he's not trying to put us down. The Bible says that Jesus came to save. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
right? But then in the next verse, now I started it, now I got to finish it. <laughs> John 3, 16 and 17. You know, I have these things memorized, but it's funny when you get in front of everybody and you need it, it just kind of escapes you, right? So John 3, 16 and then verse 17 says... Uh, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Okay, so in other words, he's not bringing condemnation. We're already condemned. He came to bring salvation. So God's not, hey, you're so terrible, you're no good. I, if, you, if, if you'd have just listened to me, this has never happened to you. Now there's no hope for you. No, God comes and he says, I love you. Listen, if you'll acknowledge that you're not where you need to be and if you'll reach out to me, I've made a way for you to, to interact with me, to get right with me, to come into right relationship with me. But you've got to acknowledge you're wrong. You've got to acknowledge your sin. And then you've got to embrace my way of salvation. So a lot of people today, they want salvation without recognizing their sin. And here's the thing, why would you want to be saved if you have no sin? The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Or there are people today that they want God's grace without, uh, uh, um, without uh, what's the word I'm looking for, renouncing their sin. Right? I want to continue in my sin and receive your grace. Well, I would like that too, but his problem is it's not biblical. Biblical grace is not to allow you to continue in your sin Grace is given to help you get out of your sin, right? So what if I have a hard time separating from my sin? God can help you. He gives you grace to do that. It's all about the heart, right? Sometimes it takes a while to break free, but I'm here to tell you that God, again, if you're patient and allow him, will help you get there because he's a good God, right? But grace is the empowering presence of God to help us to become all that God has called us to be and to help us to do all that he's called us to do. It's more than just receiving something we didn't deserve. It is that, but it's more than that. The grace of God is available to all of us to help us to accomplish His desire and His will for our lives. So anyway, um, I, I don't know how I got off on that rabbit trail, but, <laughs> but seeing as I've already killed a few rabbits, let's get back. All right, so in what ways can God speak to us through the day or night? I heard a good teaching, which I, uh, which I have taught you as well on words of knowledge in the context of healing. And what we learn in that is there are many ways that, uh, uh, to perceive the Lord speaking to us, okay? Um, Doug may have had a word of knowledge when he said, my, my back was hurting. I think he had something at the time, but sometimes you'll have a pain that, is, that, that there's no reason for the pain. And it doesn't last for a long time. It just it comes, it comes and goes. And what we don't always realize is that what's happening is the Lord is speaking to us and he's showing us not necessarily that we have a pain, but he's showing us somebody else's pain so that we can pray and intercede. And he's revealing to us what he wants to do in somebody else's situation. Right? So that can happen. Now, I like what the person that taught this, I like what he said. He said, you know, when you're young, this is a lot more reliable than when you get old because when you get older, you have pains and they're not there for any reason and they're definitely not words of knowledge either. <laughs> okay, but another way, uh, so feel, you can feel it. A physical sympathetic pain that you can literally feel in your body. It's not a pain you would normally have on your own. God can speak that way? Yes, he can. Right? Sometimes, um, uh, well, I mean, sometimes as I, um, 
I guess in some ways you might consider this to be uh, similar. Uh, let, me, let me tell you of experience that I had. I went to uh, Israel. And when I was in Israel, they have uh, the Muslim quarter, they have the Christian quarter, they have the Jewish quarter, and, and then they have the, uh, I forgot what the other one was. Uh, but anyway, um, I was getting close to the Muslim quarter, and when I approached that quarter, I had this incredible, overwhelming sense of uh, murder, anger, uh, like some, like it just wanted to, something wanted to kill me and, and uh, to, to, to destroy and to kill. And, I, and I'm not a feeler. I mean, if it was that strong, you know, it had to be pretty strong. But I realized, why am I feeling that? Well, as over across the time, I began to realize I was picking up on the atmosphere of the spirit that was in that place. Okay? So I remembered that. It wasn't really much that I was going to do with that, but I remembered that. And then when my brother was alive, he was in Bolivia, and I went down to, uh, to visit uh, in Bolivia. And when I was there, I was talking to my brother, and my brother's not saved. And I uh, wasn't saved at the very, that time. So as I was talking to him, he started talking to me, and, and all of a sudden, uh, something shifted, and I began to feel that same thing that I felt in Israel. And I began to realize, well, the Lord's trying to show me something. The Lord is speaking something to me. And I realized what was happening is I was dealing with the Spirit at that particular moment. So I didn't, I didn't take the time to deliver him or anything like that. I just said, under my breath, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. I didn't say it out loud. My brother didn't hear me, but I said it in a low voice. But the Spirit could pick it up. And what happened, immediately when I took authority over that, it stopped. That anger, that, that sense of, of foreboding stopped. Now, my brother was still unsafe. He still cussed. He still told dirty jokes, all that kind of stuff. But that spirit that was behind it, God had put a restriction on it, right? I've given you authority to, uh, 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 huh? Just trample on surfaces, scorpions, and upon all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Uh, harm you. Um, I was thinking about the other scripture. Um, if I can remember how it starts, then I can, I can have it. I've given uh, the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven. Well, I'm trying to get you to realize, I see that hand. I recognize that in the name of Jesus. So here's the thing. Uh, 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 the Lord was revealing to me through that sensation what was going on. Okay? That was God speaking to me. So anyway, the second thing is you can read it. Uh, you, uh, and some people have the, the, the ability to, as they have this gift where they can actually read words uh, over people. Uh, in other words, uh, how, I can't explain. How can you read something over people? Well, it's not something like carrying around a sign. You know, in the natural realm, it's a spiritual thing. And the Lord will often highlight some things. And as you see it, God's revealing something to you. He's speaking something to you. Now, remember, this is in the context of healing, but I'm trying to get you to realize is that God can speak in all different ways. I remember one time in my particular life, uh, my kids, I had decided I was going to homeschool them. And uh, I was terrible at that, by the way. I just got, I bought a computer for each one of them. And, you know, the one that's going to do their job, they didn't find. The other one was like, I didn't realize that she was skipping out on not doing the, the work. And six months, three months later, I found out, oh, 
she didn't do anything, you know? And it's like, bad Rick, bad Rick, you know, we got to work on that. So anyway, I went out to the mailbox. I'd bring them to church, and I'd come up to the church, and I'd do my work, and they would be uh, in the corner room back here in the back. And I went out to the mailbox, and I don't know if you realize this, we have two glass doors. So while I'm out at the mailbox, I'm walking back, and when I'm walking back, I see Sarah run to the, I see that hand in the name of Jesus. So uh, I bless that. So anyway, I see Sarah through the glass doors, and it's real. I see it real. I see it as, just like you and I. I didn't have any sense that it was anything different. Run to the middle office because the door was open in the middle office, answer the phone, and then hang it up and run back to where she was. So I get to the front door. I walk in. I say, Sarah, what? I said, who was on the phone? Why did you answer the phone? She said, I didn't answer the phone. I said, I saw you run to the phone and answer. I said, Dad, I didn't do that. And I began to realize, I wonder if I had, I saw something that God was showing me that it didn't really happen, but it just looked so real. I saw it. Do you remember uh, uh, when Elisha's servant um, was, uh, Elisha was letting the king of Israel know what the enemy was planning to do, and he was giving him warning, and the enemy was like, who is spying on their behalf? Uh, let me know. And they said, no, it's Elisha the prophet. Everything that you talk about in, the, in, in your war room, in your strategy room, he lets the king know. He said, well, I'm going to send an army to go get Elisha. And so they send an army to the city where Elisha's at, and Elisha's servant is, you know, doing his job, washing Elisha's underwear. You know, he, <laughs> he goes outside to hang it up, and when he comes out the city gates, there's this whole army, and he goes, oh, and he said, we're in trouble, Elisha, we're in trouble, run. Elisha said, don't worry about it. He said, what do you mean? He said, there's more with us than there are with them. He looks around, and he said, uh-oh. Been eating too many grapes. Those grapes are bad. I know what's happening. What in the world? How can there be more with us than there are with them? He said, God, open his eyes. Woo! He opened his eyes. And when he opened his eyes, he saw in the spiritual realm, and the hills were covered with the angels and the chariots of God. Right? They were always there. He just couldn't see it. And see, what happens is God reveals things through. He reveals it. You see, you can actually see it with your eyes. And that's what we're talking about here is that some people have the ability to see things over people. They might see discouragement. They might see, uh, you know, a, a condition that they have. And, and God doesn't show that to us ever to judge people. He's showing it to us so that we can help them. We can pray for them. We can intercede because remember, God's not a condemning God. Now, if you don't like somebody or you're suspicious of somebody, then you can take what God is showing you and you can do something wrong with it. But it's not God's heart. That's your heart. We've got to make sure that our heart is right so everything that we do is through a heart of love. That's what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, what good is it to have those gifts of the Spirit if you don't have love? The gifts of the Spirit have to move in the context of love because God is a loving God. Amen? So anyway, you can read it. Another way you can do it, and this happens uh, 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 every once in a while with me, is you can think it. You get a thought, you get an impression in your mind or your heart. Uh, I told this story, Doug's not here, so I'll tell it again. Um, you know, when I first wanted to be used in words of knowledge, I, I, I read, uh, uh, it's available in the book, in the Bible. I wanted to move in that. I've read some books on how it works. And I said, because you know, the Bible says you have not, because you ask not. So I said, God, I want to be used this way. Now, here's the thing. If you want to be used, you have to be willing to obey. You have to be willing to step out. And so anyway, I said, God, I want you to use me. And, and, and one of the, the, the teachings that I had read is that 
oftentimes, uh, let's just say in my particular context, I'm in church a lot, and most of what I do is I train the church, I teach the church, and so most of the time I'm around people uh, that are the church, and I said, well, God, I want to be used this way. I want you to use me to bring healing to people's lives, and, and he said, so oftentimes the Lord will speak something to you and say, well, how do I know it's God? He said, ask yourself, how often have you been in this situation and you've had that thought, and if you've never had that thought, it just might be God. Okay. So anyways, the Lord used me. I go into the service, and when I go into the service, I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I hear the word colon. I ain't saying that. First of all, I had to ask myself, how often have I been in a service and had the word colon come to mind? I can tell you, not once. So I got to thinking to myself, well, maybe this is God. But I said, I'm not going to stand up. Now, I'm the preacher. I can do that, you know. But I'm not going to stand up and say, does anybody here have a colon problem? Nobody's going to say, yeah, I got a colon problem. Nobody's going to do that. I said, I'm not going to do that. But I have, remember, I was thinking to myself, sometimes you've got to take a risk, right? And I thought, oh, man. I said, well, maybe it's not a colon. Maybe it's cologne. Somebody has an allergic reaction to cologne. Maybe I just got it wrong. Or, you know, I knew, I happened to be a fairly uh, uh, knowledgeable of, of uh, uh, geography, and I said, Cologne, there's a city called Cologne, Germany. Maybe it's somebody that came from Cologne, Germany, or are you planning a trip to Cologne? And that's not what I heard. I heard Cologne. And I said, oh, man. So man of faith and power that I am, I stand up and I say, well, I don't know if this is God. And you don't have to be thus saith the Lord, you know, but I, I did, I, said, I probably missed it. I don't know if this is God. But I said, I'm going to take a risk. I asked God, so I'm going to take a risk. Is there anybody here that maybe you've been having a battle with your colon? And God was so good. Doug gets up, and he says, as soon as I said that, he said, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm healed. But you know how to take a risk. But I just had a thought. And the thought came out of nowhere. It wasn't a, it was a, it was, I thought it could have been just a random thought, but it wasn't. I felt like it was the Lord, and sure enough, it was God. So you can think it. Another way that happens with me a lot is I see it. I have these pictures in my mind's eye. What do you mean pictures in my mind's eye? Well, if I were to ask you to close your eyes and I say, imagine a pink elephant, you would see a pink elephant in your mind's eye. You wouldn't see a real pink elephant. If you did, we'll pray for you out the service. That's not what you, but in your mind's eye, you could picture a pink elephant, right? So in my mind's eye, oftentimes I will see pictures. Just like Moses saw in reality, he saw the burning bush. Sometimes I might see, I've never seen this, but I might see a burning bush in my mind's eye. may not see it literally, but I can see it in my mind's eye. Oftentimes that's the way the Lord speaks to me. And now, seeing the picture, and we're going to get to here in a minute, seeing the picture is not necessarily the complete a, a, a message that God wants to give me. It's just the revelation, right? But God will give me a picture like he did with Moses, and then I have to mine the picture. When I say mine, I have to dig out what the message is in there, but we'll keep going. Another way that sometimes something can be the Lord is, uh, is somebody says it, or I say it. I'm, uh, sometimes I may be praying for somebody, and while I'm praying for somebody, or I'm talking to somebody, all of a sudden I'll say something, and I wasn't thinking that. I would just came out. It just kind of like bubbled up, and I have to ask myself, why did I say that? Why is that going on? What's going on? And I, oftentimes, I'll, I'll, if I'm thinking about it, I'll say, hey, by the way, is that something that you're struggling with? Yeah, it's something I'm going through. Well, how did that come out? It was just something that I said. Well, it just, did it just happen? No, the Lord was, his spirit was speaking to my spirit. It bypassed my mind and came out my mouth. 
Some of you are more adept at that than I am. <laughs> but it does happen to me every once in a while, okay? And, uh, and so uh, sometimes the Lord can speak to you that way. I know uh, sometimes the Lord will speak to me through other people, and I have, to, I have to hear the voice of God in their voice. In the Old Testament, there was a righteous king by the name, I think his name was Josiah. I believe it was Josiah. I could be wrong. It could have been Jehoshaphat. Well, anyway, one of the, uh, the Egyptian pharaohs, who was an enemy of Israel, was coming by and maybe even through the, a part of their territory, but they weren't going to fight with Israel. They were going to go fight with another nation. And while they were going to go fight with another nation, the, the righteous king says, no, you're not going to do that. You know, woo, woo, you know, lion's got to roar and, and show his stuff. And macho, he, he gets out there and he says, you're not coming through my territory. I'm going to fight with you. And the Pharaoh says, uh, I'm not, my fight's not with you. Don't, don't, you know, don't get into a fight with me because it's not with you. I don't want to have anything to do with you right now. I'm going to go fight somebody else. But the Bible says that the king didn't listen and he went ahead and fought. And the next thing you know, he lost his life. But here's what the, what the Bible says. The Bible says that the king did not hear the word of the Lord through Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not a child of God. Pharaoh was not an instrument of God. But at the same time, God used Pharaoh to give Josiah or a Jehoshaphat, I'm not sure which king it was, a message, but he didn't pick it up. Sometimes I'll be going along, and it could be a Christian, it might not be a Christian, but I'll hear something and I'll say, why did you say that? I may not say it out loud, but I'll think it to myself because it's what I was praying about. It's what I was thinking about. And all of a sudden, something will, somebody will say something. It's kind of like God was saying. I, I felt like the Lord is saying to me, here's the answer. They may not know they're giving you the answer, but I'm choosing to give you the answer through them. You've got to be able to pick up the voice of God through that. Another way it can happen is you can dream it, right? You can dream uh, something, and what you're dreaming might be the Lord speaking to you. Now, all dreams are not from God. I went through a dream seminar. I thought it was a pretty good uh, 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 marker to go by. How do you know if it's the Lord? One of the first things you can ask, is it in color or is it in black and white? If it's in color, more than likely it's God because God is light, and light is made up of colors, right? But if it's not God, uh, um, uh, I mean, if it's not from the Lord, more than likely it'll be in black and white. Why? Because the enemy is absent from the light, and the enemy traffics in darkness, Right Now, it's not always that way, but it's a pretty good rule of thumb to go by. So if you have a dream, you know, and you're wanting to find out what is God, one of the first things you can ask, is it in color? Is it in black and white? And then what you have in the dream is you have a picture. You have a burning bush, but it's not always the end of it. It's just the beginning, and then you've got to go near, and we'll get into that in a minute. Another way you can have it is you can experience it. I've told you this before. Some of you are new. When my dad was uh, going through depression, we put him in the hospital uh, in Bay City. Well, I'd go visit him in the hospital, and, uh, and I would pray for him, and I'd pray for him many, many, many times, and I knew that my dad was afflicted by uh, a spirit. I knew he was because we prayed for him one time. I hope this doesn't throw you for a loop. Prayed for him one time. He started wiggling on the floor, you know, like a snake, you know. So I knew he was, he was, he was struggling with, with some demonic stuff in his life. But anyway, he had been battling with depression, put him in the hospital. I'd pray for him every time I prayed for him. And um, I prayed for him uh, again when I went to go visit one time. But, you know, I prayed for him so many times, it's not like I had this incredible amount of faith. I just prayed, God, please heal my dad. You know, I didn't pray a long prayer, and I left. And I forgot what it was, but I had been wanting to go eat at a restaurant there. What time is it? Oh, I got to I haven't even got half my message. Uh, maybe I should stop here, and we'll come back next week. What do you all think? 
Huh? Yeah, you want me to stop and come back next? Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We just recognize that in the name of the Lord. All right. So uh, for those of you all that would like me to go on, I'll keep going on. If you guys finish before I do, you are more than welcome to leave. We won't hold it against you at all. You're still welcome back. But I understand there are time constraints. But I'll do the best that I can to rush through, okay? Are you all okay with this? Okay, so anyway, uh, I had wanted to eat this one restaurant, and uh, so I went to go eat at this restaurant, and I noticed that when I got there, and I don't remember the exact numbers, it was something like uh, 116, uh, you know, when I got there, and then um, it, it was some particular number. And then um, as I was uh, uh, sat down, I got a receipt. I noticed there was another same number, very similar number on the receipt, and then uh, I noticed, and then I looked it up. I said, what is this number? I keep seeing this number. I looked it up in the, in the scriptures because sometimes the Lord will give me verses through numbers. Anyway, I looked it up in the scriptures, and it said, the Spirit departed from him that very hour. That's what it said. And I said, uh, uh, and I was, I was going home. I was pondering the message, thinking about it. And I thought, God, could this be you? And my name is Rick, but people call me Ricky. They've always called me Ricky when I was younger. When I got, became a youth pastor, I said, I better not let them call me Ricky because they won't respect me because you don't respect people. You, Mr. Ricky, you know, so I call me Rick, you know, and they don't respect me. But anyway, my name is Ricky. It's what I always went by. And I said, God, is this you? And I felt like I was driving home, and I had just got a new pickup. It had Sirius XM. I stuck it on some oldies, and all of a sudden, there's this song comes on. Ricky, don't lose that number. No way. I think the Lord's trying to talk to me. Well, guess what? I go back to visit my dad the next day, and they said, your dad has done a complete turnaround. He didn't want to eat. He didn't want to do anything. But what had happened, I felt like the Lord was telling me, the Spirit left him that very hour. God was speaking to me through unusual experiences or circumstances. Amen? So, is this helping anybody? Okay. Well, here's the key. When you get this picture, when you get this thought, when you get these things happen, Moses saw the burning bush. He saw it, but he had to turn aside. And that brings us to our third point. Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. I had to turn aside to get the meanings out of the numbers. I had to turn aside to try to decipher what the Lord was speaking to me through different things. So anyway, uh, what unlocked the message was Moses' willingness to turn aside and see it or examine it. The words turn aside are from the Hebrew word sure, which means to change direction or to leave a set course or path. So we could say that Moses decides to revisit this revelation that he had been given. In Joshua 1 and 8, the Bible says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. Can you say the word meditate with me? Day and night, so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. In Psalms 1, 1 through 3, uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the, of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. Now the word meditate biblically does not mean what it does today. Today, when we talk about meditating, oftentimes it comes from New Age understanding, and we think it means to empty your mind. Some of us don't need a lot of help with that. There's nothing in there anyway. Just kidding. It's a joke. The Bible's understanding is not one of emptying your mind, but of filling your mind. The idea is like a cow that will fill one of its stomachs with grass 
or a goat or whatever. They have, they have several stomachs. They will go and they'll eat. They'll eat until they're gathering all the grass into a stomach. And then once they've gathered all the grass that they can, they're, 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 they can fill with, then they will go sit down uh, in an area, sometimes under a tree, sometimes next to a, a, you know, a, a fence post, and they'll begin to bring up the grass that they've stored in one stomach, and then they will begin to chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, chew on it, chew on it. As they chew on it, it extracts all the nutrients out of that thing that they've uh, uh, eaten. So um, once the revelation, we get a revelation from God, whatever it might be, like I told you before, it might be a dream, it might be a picture, it might be a circumstance. As you begin to chew on it, as you visit it, begin to chew on it, meditate on it, that's when we begin to extract the nutrients that are within, the message that's within. Thus we see that while the revelation may come in many different ways, we also see that the information or the communication that God has embedded in the revelation doesn't come to us until we turn aside and meditate on it. Once again, to meditate means to chew on it, to chew the cup. And that brings us to our, I think, is this the final point? God speaks. And in this point, no, it's not yet. Man, I've got to run through this. So God speaks, and, uh, and here in the Exodus 3 through 4, when the Lord, 3 and 4, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, God called him out of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So when Moses turned aside to visit that which he had already seen is when the Lord spoke to him out of the revelation that he was given. Okay, in Jeremiah 1, 11 through 12, it says, the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah says, what do you see? And he said, I see an almond branch. Now, I don't know if you know this, but I like puns. I like plays on words. Well, come to find out, so does God. Now, I'm not saying that I'm in any way godlike. I'm just saying, you know, I don't feel bad about it anymore because God does the same thing with Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah says, what do you see? I see an almond rod. Now, that word almond rod is from the Hebrew word shaked. Can you say shaked? Okay, so God uses a variation of the word to give him the message. He said, he said, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Where does he get that from? Well, the word watching over is from the word shoked. Shoked is an almond branch, but God just changed that little vowel a little bit, and it went from shoked to shoked, and God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. So you might describe it as a pun. So God was speaking a message to Jeremiah out of a play on words. Okay? So uh, that's important for us to understand because what, what I'm trying to get you to realize is when God shows you something, if you will think about it, meditate on it, wonder, uh, try, search it out, God wants to reveal it for you, but to you, but you're going to have to turn aside to get the full picture. That make sense? And then uh, the, in verse, uh, point number five, Moses hears what God says and then he responds. Exodus 3, 4, and then verse 10, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. And then God says to him, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So it's through the encounter with the revelation that Moses is given that God begins to speak to him about the purpose to which God has chosen him for. What is key is that the picture is like a sea. Look at all the things that came out of this burning bush. Nowhere would we have gleaned that God would reveal out of it Israel's and Moses' prophetic destiny. 
The revelation was a catalyst for a far greater message and purpose. In the same way, the seemingly innocuous revelations that God gives us can also lead to incredible revelations of purpose and destiny. Just like a little acorn can produce a tremendous tree, but more than that, it can produce a forest. So the little pictures, the little revelations that God gives us may not seem much, but as you begin to mine what's in there, it may produce something incredibly grand. Matthew 13, 23 is, For what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit, and it yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And so that brings us to uh, uh, our conclusion. In this passage that we looked at today, we're given insight into the call of God to Moses to step into his destiny. What was important for us in this study is not so much what Moses was called to, but how God interacted with Moses in the process of unfolding his call to him. What we are visibly demonstrating to you is what is inherent in every communication or revelation from God. First, there is the revelation. A lot of different ways God can speak to us. Second, there is the interpretation. What does it mean? What is it? Not so hard. What does it mean? That's a little bit harder because you've got to chew on it. Lastly, there's the application. What do I do with what God has shown me? Because once God revealed his purpose and destiny to Moses, Moses was at a cross, crossroads. What am I going to do? Am I going to do what God wants me to do? Or am I going to stay where I'm at? How many of you know to whom much is given, much is required? God doesn't reveal things to us just so we can have more information. God reveals things to us because he wants to do something in you and through you. And it's when we obey. The Bible says uh, uh, the, the, uh, the faith that leads to obedience. We've been called to faith, but faith that leads to obedience. Without obedience, I, we often would need to question biblically whether or not we truly have faith. Because faith without obedience is not really faith. Faith without works is dead. So when God shows you something, take a step of faith, start to do it, and watch what God will do in your life.